Friends, we are talking today about a topic, a conversation that might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. And usually that's a good thing because if we're uncomfortable, it means something might be hitting a little close to home. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it might mean it's really important. What we're talking about today in episode 76 of the Love Your People Well podcast is how to stop being passive aggressive. Now, this might be something that you totally don't struggle with, and we will talk a little bit about how to handle it when other people, your husband or your kids, might be um, communicating or acting in a passive-aggressive way toward you. But this is something that a lot of moms struggle with. There's a number of reasons for that. We are going to touch on some of those, but my ultimate goal today really is not Gosh, not for any of us to beat ourselves up or to start feeling guilty about how we communicate, but to understand ourselves better and to start expressing ourselves with healthy communication. And we're specifically going to be looking at our marriage and our parenting, those close, intimate family relationships. But you might be thinking, I don't really struggle at home, but I really struggle at work. or I really struggle with other ladies at church. Everything we're going to talk about today definitely applies to pretty much every relationship because we always have at least the opportunity to choose to communicate in a passive-aggressive way. But it does tend to come out uh, most frequently at home uh, because it's usually happening when we're feeling awkward, we're feeling vulnerable, we're feeling uncomfortable with our emotions, um, and we're maybe over-prioritizing the other person or their reaction. So that is a big part of why we're zeroing in specifically on our marriage and our parenting. So if you ever struggle with some mom anger and maybe not communicating uh, the most effective way, not always expressing yourself in an appropriate or healthy way, then this episode is for you. So let's dive in, friends. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast, where we help women grow godly relationships, grateful hearts, and grace-filled lives. I'm Jess, and I'm a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe that God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you're looking to love God well, to love yourself, your family, and those around you well, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Now, as we jump into this conversation today about passive aggressive behavior, I probably am going to jump back and forth between the word behavior and the word communication because it sometimes, I mean, it's kind of a jumbled mess of both of them. We are communicating through our behavior a lot of times, um, as well as through our word choice when it comes to active acting in a passive aggressive manner. And so please don't get confused if I jump back and forth, uh, because really they're all kind of jumbled up together. We are communicating, we are behaving. It's one big piece of the same pie. And before we start our conversation about how to understand what passive aggressive behavior really is and looks like and how to stop it. Let me remind you of my usual disclaimer. I am a licensed therapist in South Carolina, but this podcast is not therapy. I am not your therapist. And there's always a link in the podcast description to a page on the website. It's loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash counseling. 
Um, if what we're talking about today really hits home and you find yourself feeling really upset about it or challenged by it or convicted by it, um, then it might be helpful to check out that link and some, some additional thoughts about when counseling might be helpful or how to connect with a great Christian counselor. We do, of course, have some resources through Love Your People Well, above and beyond the podcast. This is probably our number one resource, twice a week, totally free, available for everyone. But we all have different topics or different issues that we need to go deeper in. And so that's why we offer some additional resources through the Love Your People Well ministry. And so when we think about passive aggressive communication, I would particularly encourage you to think about two resources that we already have available about communication. We have a 40-day devotional diving into God's word around the topic of communication, specifically in marriage. That is a great resource if passive-aggressive behavior or other communication struggles are happening in your marriage. We also have the free 10-point conflict resolution checklist. And a lot of times passive aggressive behavior does come up when we're trying to avoid conflict or we're trying to resolve it without actually talking about it. And so that 10 point checklist might be really helpful. So you don't have to think in the moment about what to do. This is awkward. My emotions are high. You can just pull it out, walk through the steps, and um, and hopefully that would start turning the conversation in a more peaceful and productive direction. So you will find links for the 40-day devotional on communication and marriage, as well as the free conflict resolution checklist. Um, Links to both of those will be in the podcast description, and you can always find them on the website. The the show notes for today's episode are loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 076. So we hit on my disclaimer. We hit on some resources. Let's get some clarity about what the heck we're talking about. So when I say passive aggressive communication or behavior, what is that? I think sometimes we hear it as like a buzzword, but we don't necessarily understand what it is. Basically, what passive aggressive behavior is, is it is an indirect way of expressing a hard emotion, frustration or disappointment or anger. So again, a lot of times this happens with our words, Um, We start kind of talking around the issue instead of actually labeling our emotion or clearly expressing a need that we have or a struggle that we have. Sometimes we refuse to talk about certain things. We avoid particular particular topics (laughs) or situations. Um, And a lot of times passive aggressive communication also includes some um, communication tactics, kind of like sarcasm sulking, using the silent treatment, um, procrastination, like if you know something's important to someone, but you're a little bit annoyed with them, you just kind of put off doing the thing that you know they want you to do. So really, these are all examples of an indirect way that we're trying to show our emotions without actually verbalizing them, without acknowledging them, and without talking about them. So let's go a little deeper into a few examples here. Um, And some of these, I'm I'm not saying every single example, if you've ever done it, that you are struggling with passive aggressive behavior. Most of us at some point or another are going to act or communicate in a passive aggressive way. 
obviously the real issue is how habitual is this? How routine is this? Has this become the norm in your marriage or in your parenting? But a few specific examples would be um, claiming you're fine when you're obviously upset. And this happens a lot in our marriage, right? You come home, you've kind of got that little bit of attitude and your husband's like, is everything okay? Is something bothering you? And for a variety of reasons, you just say, no, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) When it's obvious that it's not fine. That is a really common example. Um, Some other examples might be um, constantly complaining about a past event, something that someone did in the past, even though every time then someone tries to apologize for it or, oh, hey, let's talk about it. Hey, let's work through it. You're saying, oh, no, 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 it's, it wasn't a big deal. It's not, it's not even worth bringing back up. And yet you keep bringing it back up. Uh, we also see this really commonly with, again, kind of a denial that anything is wrong, but we're doing the heavy sighs repeatedly. We're pouting, we're slamming doors. Um, personally, for myself, I don't really slam a lot of doors, but I get more... I guess aggressive would be the word with like putting down my cup or putting the silverware back in the drawer, you know, whatever little thing, like just getting a little more aggressive with the objects that are around us. Um, Specifically, if we think about our marriage, this is a place where sometimes we see the silent treatment getting used ultimately really as a punishment, as a, you know, I'm upset Maybe I don't want to talk about why I'm upset or we're not working through it very well together. And so I'm just going to avoid you or I'm just going to sit next to you and I'm not going to talk to you or you're going to ask me to do something and I'm going to quote air quotes here, forget to do it. None of that is actually healthy, productive, (laughs) assertive communication. Um, And then if we think about our, our parenting, sometimes this shows up as sarcasm with our kids. Not to say they always understand that depending on their age, but we're getting frustrated. And instead of addressing the behavior, uh, we might say something like, well, of course you're whining. What other option is there? Um, You know, kind of a, a verbal expression of a frustration, a concern, something that we probably should deal with as a parent, but we're just kind of getting out the, the energy of the emotion without actually dealing with it. And that does not go a very long way in building a great relationship with our kids or building a great marriage. Um, Sometimes this might look, especially with our kids or with our husband, really like backhanded compliments. Uh, Maybe you've been nagging them about a chore (laughs) over and over again. They finally do it. And instead of saying thank you, or instead of saying, you know, wow, you did a great job with this, you're making a comment like, oh, wow, the trash somehow made it all the way out to the street. It's a miracle. Um, now, sarcasm might not be your thing. <laughs> and I, I hope not. It's typically not a very helpful way to communicate. Um, but it is a common example of passive aggressive behavior. These are not, you know, these are not the only examples. This is not an exhaustive list. Um, but I think most of us can particularly identify a time when we have basically said, I'm totally fine. It's not a big deal. We don't need to talk about it. When really, it is a big deal. We probably do need to talk about it. And our attitude, our facial expressions, our nonverbals are sending the message or trying to send the message that we are not actually fine. Now, why is it important 
to deal with this, to start moving away from passive aggressive communication and toward a healthier, I would say more assertive um, style of communication. There's a lot of reasons why that's really helpful, (laughs) but ultimately it comes down to the intimacy that we want to have in our relationships. If we are acting in a passive aggressive way, we're not being honest, maybe not even with ourselves, definitely not with our husband or with our kids. And we cannot expect to have a real, deep, meaningful relationship with someone if we are not honest and able to talk through things, or at least willing to try to talk through things. But also, (laughs) passive aggressive behavior will impact your family life because nothing changes. When we're acting passive aggressively, we're not solving problems. We're not working through conflict. Typically, if something changes, it's going to change for the negative because other people are going to get frustrated or they're going to feel guilty. They're going to realize, at least in some subconscious way, I don't think everything is okay, but I can't solve a problem. I can't help. I can't change anything because my mom or my wife you know, is not letting me in on the secret, not letting me in on what is happening. And that makes people feel really frustrated. It can build resentment. It can build guilt. And communication becomes more of like a mystery. Um, Almost like we're putting other people, you're responsible now for reading my mind or figuring out what I'm thinking or feeling or struggling with. None of that is a recipe for a healthy, happy, peaceful family dynamic. And it is worth um, taking a few minutes to consider, why do we do this? (laughs) Why do we say that we're fine when we are obviously upset? Why do we uh, respond in a sarcastic way because we've got a lot of emotions and we aren't willing to or aren't wanting to talk through them? Um, There's a lot of different reasons why this might come up. I don't want us to get too sidetracked there. But If you can identify for yourself what is kind of triggering that behavior for you, it might make it easier to change the pattern. So I do want to highlight that um, some of the most common reasons why we start communicating in a more passive aggressive way is because we're really uncomfortable with our emotions. Now that might be from how we were raised when we were kids, that might be some history in our marriage, Um, but if we don't really have a good vocabulary for our emotions, or a self-awareness. Sometimes we are acting passive-aggressively because we actually don't realize we're frustrated or we're stressed or we're angry. (laughs) We, We just kind of assume everything is fine. If we don't really understand ourselves, we might miss the cues and then we start reacting in a passive aggressive way, in part because we can't talk about it because we don't even understand it. So that is a really common reason why we turn into passive aggressive behavior, um, not really knowing what to say or how to talk about it, or we really are going way too far to try to avoid conflict and maybe do some people pleasing. Because we care about these people. We want to have a great marriage. We want to have a great relationship with our kids. Conflict is awkward. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't always get resolved in a smooth, happy, shiny bow on the problem. And that's awkward, that's difficult, that's uncomfortable. And so sometimes we start to avoid those conversations. Maybe we do understand what we're feeling or what we're thinking, but 
we avoid having the conversation in order to avoid the discomfort of it. Ultimately, that's not very helpful. And if that is you in particular, that free 10-point conflict resolution checklist that I talked about might be really helpful. Um, And actually, as we're talking about this, I know I mentioned our 40-day devotional on communication in marriage, which would be really helpful if you're struggling with this. But if you are falling more into that camp of just like, I don't really understand my own emotions. You know, I realize I'm angry and it's like, oh, I've been angry for days and I didn't even know it. We do also have a 40-day devotional on anger and emotional control. Um, All of those not really that fun (laughs) emotions that come with motherhood and family life. So that also might be a really helpful resource for you. And then a third reason that I would highlight for why, um, at least a common reason why we start acting in a more passive aggressive way is because we have tried, um, and this probably is most common with our husband more so than with our kids, but if we have tried to talk things through, to express ourselves in a healthy way, to be assertive and clear about what we need or what we want, what we're struggling with, and our husband has not responded very well, then um, then we sometimes start to back off. It becomes easier or it feels a little bit safer to be sarcastic or to go with the silent treatment or to otherwise act in a passive aggressive way rather than continue to put ourselves out there and feel like we're getting shut down. So if that is you, um, if you are in that boat, that's probably a good time to consider counseling. Maybe that's professional counseling. Maybe that's meeting with a pastor or a friend or another couple who you're close with. Um, Maybe I would even say, hopefully that's a conversation with your husband to say, Hey, I've noticed this pattern. I don't think it's really the healthiest or the strongest foundation for our marriage. What can we do to start changing this dynamic? Um, There's a number of ways you could handle that. That's not the direction we're heading in today, but we do need to acknowledge that sometimes we're acting this way because we've tried something else and we don't feel like it worked. So we've hit on what is passive aggressive communication, a definition there. We've talked about some examples. We've talked about the impact that it has on our marriage and our parenting, why it is a problem, why we start acting that way. Let's address one other um, kind of background issue before we talk about some practical strategies for how to change this pattern of behavior. It is always worth, if if we're worried about or wondering about a behavior in our lives, it's worth asking the question, is this a sin? Is it actually a sin to communicate passive aggressively with your husband or with your children? And you probably could find counselors, theologians, pastors, who would land differently on this question. But I would argue that yes, if you are acting in a passive aggressive way, especially if you know it's happening, um, it's a sin. And, And that's true if you know it's happening, but really like all sin, it's also a sin even if it's unintentional. We sin unintentionally all the time. We don't necessarily go into a conversation thinking, I'm gonna be sarcastic in this conversation. But if we wind up being sarcastic, it's still a problem. And the reason that I would say, yes, passive aggressive communication is a sin. um, There's a few different scriptures that I would turn to there. One is James chapter four, verse 17, which tells us if anyone knows the good thing they ought to do and they don't do it, it is sin for them. 
Now, this, again, does not necessarily speak to those of us who don't even realize we actually are frustrated. We actually are angry. So when our husband says, is everything okay? And we say, yeah, I'm fine, even though it's not, you know, if we don't realize that, we don't quite fall into this camp. But for a lot of us, we know something's going on here and I'm avoiding it or I don't want to talk about it or I'm not ready to talk about it. And if we wind up then being sarcastic or ignoring someone or putting something off that we know we should do, James chapter four right here is telling us, if you know that you should do X and you wind up doing Y, that's a problem. That's a sin. And then we also have a really helpful scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 23 to 24, which tells us, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And this happens so often when we think about communication. If we are reacting in a passive aggressive way, we're not seeking the good of the other person. We're avoiding conflict or we're trying to deal with our own emotions, you know, internally or ourselves. We might sometimes think, you know, I'm not going to burden my husband with my anger. I'm just going to deal with it myself or I'm not going to, you know, I've been yelling at my kids a lot today. I'm not going to yell right now. I'm just going to start being sarcastic or, um, you know, get lost in my phone so that I'm basically ignoring them, but I'm not yelling at them. Ultimately, if we are acting in a passive aggressive way, we are not seeking or acting in a way that would promote the good of that person or the relationship. And that's a problem. And we know that's a problem. We want to have deep, intimate relationships. We know that if we are always being passive aggressive, that that's not going to happen. But it is worth confessing this to the Lord and confessing it with our people. Now, again, hopefully that's your husband that you can tell him, I'm struggling with this. I want to confess it. I'm trying to work on it. You know, please help me. Hopefully this can be a conversation. Maybe this is a confession to a friend or to your pastor. But if you know this is a habit or this is a pattern in my life, that is a problem and it needs to be dealt with. So let's turn the corner, my friends, and let's talk about how do we do that? How do we change this pattern? How do we step outside of our comfort zone and start communicating in a healthier way and start putting behind us that passive aggressive communication? The best antidote for passive aggressive communication is assertiveness. Um, And it might help to think about communication kind of like a spectrum on the one side, like maybe the far left, you've got passive behavior. People are walking all over you. Nobody really knows what you're thinking or what you're feeling. Um, You're thinking or telling yourself, it doesn't really matter. It's my job to take care of other people. It doesn't matter what I'm thinking. doesn't matter what I'm feeling. That is very passive behavior. On the other side of the spectrum, um, you know, your right hand holding it out there, (laughs) you might have aggressive communication. You're yelling, you're bullying, you're overly blunt, you're not really considering other people's emotions or thoughts or perspectives because you're so busy putting your thoughts and emotions and perspective out there. We don't want to be passive. We don't want to be aggressive. Our goal is to be assertive, to have a healthy, assertive communication style. And what that would look like 
Um, and then we will talk about some action steps for how to build this, how to develop this, how to practice this. But what would it even look like? It would mean you're confident and calm, even in the face of some difficult emotions, and you are able and willing to express your needs while respectfully responding to other people's needs. So you're not being aggressive, loud, yelling, demanding. <laughs> you are considering the other person's point of view, considering their emotional experience. You are mindful of the emotional experience in the moment. And you're also not being a pushover. You're not totally shutting down. You're not giving in to what everybody else wants. Instead, you're noticing your own needs. You're practicing verbalization of your emotions or um, verbalizing those needs to your husband or to your kids. And it's really helpful if you're struggling with this to figure out a way to remind yourself regularly of basically avoiding both camps, reminding yourself, my feelings matter. My desires matter, but they don't trump everyone else's feelings and desires. We have to try to walk that line and figure out how do I deal with these emotions so that they're not overwhelming me in the moment? And then how do I express them in a healthy way to this other person? Of course, that will look different if it's with your husband or it's with your five-year-old, but whoever it is, if that passive-aggressive temptation is coming up, we need a way to remind ourselves calm down, let's recognize what's going on, and let's approach the situation and the conversation differently. So again, this is where um, those devotionals I've already mentioned, our devotional on communication and marriage, on anger and emotional control, might be really helpful to help you better understand your own emotional experience, your own communication patterns, the good and the bad, and start moving in a direction that is more in line with God's word. So if that is our goal, we're not passive, we're not aggressive, we're trying to be more assertive, here are a few action steps that are going to help you start moving in that direction. Um, and again, if this is something that just kind of happens once in a while, these action steps will still be helpful. Or if someone, your husband or your kids is approaching you in a passive aggressive way, these action steps are still <laughs> going to be really helpful because you can shift the conversation based on how you respond to that passive aggressive behavior. So the first action step, really, I've kind of already mentioned it is figure out a way to give yourself whatever reminder you need or kind of calming prompt that you need to notice what's going on and to remind yourself to handle it differently. Now, how do we start practicing that? That self-awareness, this is a place where the goal is in the moment you're noticing, my husband asked me, how are you doing? And what I really want to say is, I'm fine. But to pause and actually ask yourself, am I fine? That first action step is trying to slow down our reaction. And you might not be able to do that every time. But when you notice it afterward, you can kind of look back and say, well, you know, I said I was fine, but... Um, I've really been slamming around the silverware and slamming doors and I'm feeling kind of huffy. Maybe I'm not fine. <laughs> you know, maybe we notice it after the fact. That's fine. That's still a good time to pause and try to figure out what's happening. What am I actually feeling? What emotion word would I put on my experience here? 
And then that bonus step, that next step, why? Why am I feeling that way? Why am I feeling cranky? Why am I feeling frustrated? Why am I feeling disappointed? You know, whatever it might be, can we label the emotion and can we try to figure out why we might be feeling that way? Now, this step here, this action step, that self-awareness may or may not change the moment, like that actual conversation in the moment. Um, The better that we get at it, the more that we're doing this, the more likely it is we actually will pause in the moment and we might not be ready to say, you know, well, actually, I'm feeling really disappointed because blah, 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 blah happened today. You know, we might not be ready for that. Sometimes we might just need to say, you know, I actually am not in a great mood, but I'm not really ready to talk about it or I'm not in a great mood and I don't really even understand it myself. So let me think about that and maybe we can talk about it later. You don't necessarily have to go into the full conversation right then and there. It may not even be appropriate depending on who you're with, who's around, what's happening. But you can label it for the other person so that they understand what's going on. It gives them a realistic context for what's happening. It's not lying to them. It's not lying to yourself. It's maybe just acknowledging, I'm not ready to have this conversation Or I don't really know what I'm feeling, but I know it's probably not very pleasant. So try to increase that self-awareness. And then a second action step that would be helpful to work on is practicing using your emotion words. (laughs) And obviously in the counseling room, there's a lot of ways that we practice this um, that may or may not really fit in your normal everyday life. But you're communicating all day long. You're communicating with your kids, with your husband, with your friends. You're communicating inside your own head. Maybe you're even saying that out loud. Trust me, that does not mean you're crazy. I am a verbal processor. If I'm the only one in the room, I will talk out loud because it might help me process things. That's okay, you know, but all day long we're communicating with someone and maybe it's ourselves. Maybe it's the Lord. Maybe it's our prayer time or journaling time. Wherever we are communicating, we can practice using emotion words. And this might be easiest during that prayer time or that journaling time because you can kind of work through, you can try out five different emotion words. You know, humans are complex creatures. We can feel a lot of different emotions at the same time. And maybe you need to start with just the words, the kind of classic emotions, mad, sad, upset, frustrated, guilty, But all of those happen on a spectrum. And so over time, hopefully you can move from just, well, I feel sad to I feel disappointed or I feel upset or I feel sad. That's a valid one. (laughs) Or I feel depressed or I feel overwhelmed. Like these are all similar emotions, but they are different. So wherever you need to start in your own head, in conversation with the Lord, with a friend, or maybe in a conversation with your husband or your kids, practice using emotion words. And again, this is a really helpful place. We've actually done a few episodes before about helping our kids learn these emotion words, learn how to handle their own temper, their own anger. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes to some of those earlier episodes. Um, You can find that at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash zero seven six. But this is a great activity. Again, if someone else is being passive aggressive or struggling with their emotions, you don't need to tell them, well, you're feeling sad, you're feeling overwhelmed, but you can suggest it. 
maybe you're feeling this. I wonder if you're feeling this. And you can just start labeling emotions for yourself and that will build their vocabulary. Now, here's another action step for us. Having those awkward conversations. (laughs) We need to actually step into the fire sometimes and it might not go well, but this is a great place to label up front again, especially with your husband or maybe with your older kids, to acknowledge, I'm struggling with this. I need help with this. Maybe it's just labeling, I don't really know how I'm feeling right now, but it would be helpful to talk it through. It just might not be a very easy conversation. That You'd be surprised how labeling up front what you're struggling with or what your goal is in the conversation can really help the conversation go in a more helpful direction in large part because it just gets everyone on the same page at the beginning. And these conversations, you know, they might feel really awkward. You might feel like you're kind of spinning in circles. You're not really going anywhere. That's because you're practicing. That's because it's new. And the more that you can identify ways that your husband and your kids, especially your older kids, can help you with this struggle, that's going to give them a win because now they can feel like I'm being helpful. I have a response when you're starting to act this way, but it's also going to be helpful for you because they're going to respond in a more helpful way. Sometimes we respond to passive aggressive behavior. You know, maybe we're yelling, just stop it or saying something like, oh, you're doing it again. Those might not actually be very helpful in the moment. They might be comments that frustrate you or that kind of push your buttons a little bit. And so figuring out together, what could they say instead that would help you turn the corner? Maybe that's a gentle prompt. Maybe that's um, them, like some little phrase that they might say that just kind of makes you laugh. Um, In the counseling room, just as an example, this were, I mean, this would be for passive aggressive behavior or anger management or, you know, any number of things. One of the things that I will often recommend couples try if they're struggling with this is that the other person says pineapples, like kind of that loud, like, like, stop, there's a car. (laughs) But to say pineapples or to say daffodils or, you know, whatever ridiculous word is never going to make sense in the conversation, (laughs) but you both know what it means And it's kind of silly and it can help to lighten the mood. And everyone knows, or at least those of you who are in the know, you know, okay, this is what's going on. This is what I need to do next without having to have a whole conversation about it. That sounds silly, but you'd be surprised how often some ridiculous little phrase can turn the tide of the conversation. Another action step, I think this is number four, but maybe I've lost count, (laughs) that would be helpful here to try to stop being passive aggressive is to really be intentional about identifying ways that your husband and kids are doing a great job. Things that you are happy about in the relationship or in their behaviors and the things that they're doing. Notice that and verbalize that. Practice sharing those compliments, sharing that gratitude out loud Now, does that automatically stop you being passive aggressive? No, not necessarily, but it does two things for us. First, it starts to shift the balance of the relationship. Even if you're still being passive aggressive a lot, you're now also giving a lot of positive into the conversation, into the relationship, and that helps. 
But also the second way this helps us is it will start to shift your perspective. The more that you're noticing the awesome things about your people and verbalizing that, the less you're going to notice the frustrating things about your people. And well, ultimately not verbalize that because that's what we're talking about. This indirect, not very helpful way of trying to communicate that. And then the last action step that I want to talk about today is, um, and this is kind of moving forward, is, I mean, I guess the simplest word would be to pause, to pause more often throughout the day. And this might be a pause, like I already talked about with the self-awareness, trying to recognize, wait, what am I feeling right now? (laughs) What am I thinking right now? Um, But figuring out for yourself either, well, this could go two directions, I guess, as an action step. The pause is the main thing. And then what do you do after the pause? Building that comfort with a real conversation, a more vulnerable conversation. We've kind of already talked about that. But also, especially if you're not really ready for that, or it's a certain, you know, it's just that time of the month, or it's 10 o'clock at night, and it's too late to have a real conversation. It may help to have some standard phrases that you can just fall back on. So this might be something like, um, and, and this again is just practicing it, maybe even writing it down for the beginning, but to pause. And if you can't move into a real conversation yet at that moment, I already gave one example um, saying something like, I'm not really in a great mood, but I'm also not ready to talk about it. Thanks for asking. Let's come back to this later or, you know, something like that. I know that's not exactly how I worded it before, but having like a prepared standard response Another example might be, honey, I love that you are noticing my emotions. It's really helpful for me. Um, I am really struggling with, you know, fill in the blank thing, whatever it is that you know. I'm frustrated about the trash not going out. I'm frustrated about the kids not listening to me all day, you know, whatever it is. And what I need is, again, fill in the blank. I need 10 minutes to myself. I need to figure out what I'm thinking so we can have a conversation. I need some ice cream, (laughs) whatever it is. But that kind of if-then formula, having a standardized, already prepared response can be really helpful. Because again, that's not the full conversation. That's not the end of the road. But it can be a, um, now I've got road metaphors in my in my head. The end of the road is we actually talked about my emotion, my struggle, your emotion, your struggle. We had a real conversation. We got somewhere with it. This is kind of that, um, maybe the speed bump along the way, like to slow you down. So instead of just steamrolling ahead and I'm acting passive aggressively or I'm acting passively or I'm acting aggressively, instead we can kind of insert the speed bump to slow ourselves down to say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking and feeling. This is what I need. Hey, I don't know what I'm thinking and feeling. Let's talk about it later. Or even, I mean, this could be anything. This could be that daffodils or pineapple response, but being prepared. Moving forward, when you recognize that hard emotion, pause and have a plan already in advance for what you're going to do next. And again, it might be plan A, plan B, plan C, depending on what's happening. You're going to get comfortable with all three plans And they will become the norm. I know that this is hard work, my friend. When we have built up habits of our communication style, 
it takes time and effort to change them. So I, I'm in no way trying to suggest that, oh, if you just check off these boxes, action steps one, two, three, four, five, things will be great. I know that it's not that easy, but I also know change can happen and it takes practice. And the more you practice, especially the more you pull them into the loop so they know you're practicing, they know you're working on this, you will start to see those small steps forward. But I would love your feedback if there are other angles of communication or uh, maybe especially assertiveness versus passive aggressiveness. If there are more angles to this that you're still struggling with or you would like me to go deeper on, um, just leave a review for the podcast and mention that. I always read those. Um, You can always send me an email or DM me on Instagram or something like that. It's at loveyourpeoplewell. Um, But just let me know because we can go deeper into any of these topics that would be helpful for you. But I hope that some of this understanding of passive aggressive communication and these action steps to change it. I hope they're helpful. I hope they don't feel too overwhelming. (laughs) Just, you know, wherever you're at today, figure out that next step forward. That's all you need to worry about. That's all you need to be praying about, focusing on, working on. And the Lord will bring grace. That's what he does best. (laughs) But my friends, that is all we have for today. Make sure to grab some of those resources that might be helpful for you. Um, It's all on the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com. Reach out to me if there are other nuances here or avenues you would like to talk about further. But until then, my friends, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon. Hey friend, before you go, if this episode was helpful or encouraging for you, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. It not only encourages me, it helps other women connect with this community. And you know what else? You have a chance right now to love your friends well. Copy the link to this episode and send it in a text to someone who you know needs to hear today's conversation. Or just take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at loveyourpeoplewell.